0: Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith. Got so much exciting news happening behind the scenes that I can't wait to start sharing right here, live in person, you know, through the airwaves, you know, whatever you want to call it, the streaming waves, the YouTube waves, the Spotify, Apple. But, anyways, it's a happy Friday for me. A lot of exciting things happening. Um, but we've got a fun filled show today for Friday's episode. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to start it off with a bombshell that came out yesterday, kind of a bombshell. The clip is starting to circulate across social media as it pertains to Oregon State, Washington State. Um, but I'm going to give you some things to just be mindful of as it pertains to the clip. I'm going to play the clip for you and then we're going to talk about it. I also want to get into the linear coverage. I told you I was going to tell you that every week, and now as we're getting, you know, more and more into conference play, we're going to continue to look at who's getting the most linear coverage out of the G5 conferences, and then um going to look at week five. Also, got to talk a little bit about that, that, that drubbing last night that Tulsa gave Temple. So before we get into all of it, you know what to do. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I would greatly, greatly appreciate if you would right now, as you're listening, just click five stars. And then if you feel compelled, leave me a positive review. Even if you don't listen on one of those platforms, you're watching on YouTube, if you've got your phone with you and you're not watching this already on your phone, um, go ahead and pull up your Apple podcast or your Spotify, type in college game time podcast, give me a five-star review and I'd greatly appreciate it. Okay. That's enough of that. Let's get to it. So I'm coming right out of the gates with this clip that was said by former Colorado Buffalo, Matt McChesney, Matt McChesney. Um, he is a skills trainer now. Uh, I think it 's called Zero Six Academy, so he trains a lot of high school athletes, Division one athletes, things of that nature. A lot of the kids that he trains get Division one offers, and so he makes a comment about what some of the kids that he trains who are being recruited by Washington state and Oregon state are saying, and if you haven't heard this yet, listen, I apologize. I only have the audio. I don't have the video right now. So I'm just going to play you the audio. It is from, I think the Denver live podcast, D N V R. But this is, is Matt McChesney. And here you go. I will say this. I've got two guys offered by Washington state and one committed. and They are telling them that they're going to the big 12. So you heard him straight up. He said he's got two guys that are getting recruited by Oregon State, Washington State, and that the coaches from those staffs are telling recruits they're going to the Big 12. Now, obviously, you want to take it with a grain of salt, right? Because this is coming from someone who trains, and and it's the source. It's like secondhand information from high school kids. But it does remind me of something else similar to this that we heard earlier this summer. So before I get there, let me say this. One, as I've been saying since September 15th, I've been saying it longer than this, but I September 13th. So two and a half weeks ago, right here on this show, I made a case for why I believed the Power Five Conferences would come back into the fold for Oregon State and Washington State. In fact, I'm still getting comments on that video of people who are either agreeing with me or disagreeing with me, okay? And then on the 15th, I cut the clip, and on the clip, it's got like 10,000 views right now on TikTok, it's got, I don't know how many on, on, on YouTube Shorts or Twitter, but basically I've got, it's the one where I have Washington State's logo, Oregon State's logo with the Big 12 logo right there in the middle, the new Big 12 logo. Uh, point being is this is not surprising to me. I fully expect a power five conference to invite Oregon state and Washington state. It's only, it's a matter of when, not if this does further validate that point. We've also talked about earlier this week, Uh, immaculate view was on locked on big 12 sharing his financial reasons as it pertains to the cfp as to why he thinks like there's so many different moving pieces and i think even on this week's wednesday show i gave you the four reasons why i think that's going to happen if you missed that episode go listen to wednesday's show and i'd give you four reasons why i think it's inevitable that a power five comes back into the fold for oregon state or washington state is it a sure thing no But here's where I want to caution you. Just because now we have what seems to be some valid information that recruits are being told by the staffs that they're headed to the Big 12, we heard the same thing this summer from a UConn recruit about the Big 12. Just want to remind you of that. A four-star quarterback in the state of Texas who is committed, I think he's still committed, but he had committed over the summer to UConn, basically put out there that the UConn staff was talking a lot about the potential move to the Big 12. Now, he didn't say it as directly as what this guy just said, as far as the the staff at UConn was saying, oh yeah, we're going to the Big 12, but he did say they were using that a lot in recruiting. So there's a couple of options here. The Washington State, Oregon State, Staffs could be doing the exact same thing UConn staff was doing with their recruits and just saying, "Hey, it's looking, it's likely we're going to make this move. This is likely to happen." And then those recruits are coming back to their skills coach and saying, "Hey, yeah, uh, the they're they're telling us that they're going to the Big Twelve, right? Like like a bad game of telephone." So I'm not saying we need to like take this to the bank, but I do think. Um, all things considered, we are moving closer and closer to Oregon state and Washington state getting that big 12 invite. Once they get that big 12 invite, that strongly benefits the American conference the next two years, because there will be two G five playoff spots in the first two expanded playoffs. In fact, it benefits all G five football, really. We could see the next two years an American team and a Mountain West team or, or, you know, pick your two. So anyways, there's also on the realignment front, some other ACC smoke that's coming around. I don't want to get too far in the weeds on those rumors just yet. Maybe next week, midweek, I'll, I'll see where things are at with the ACC. And then we can do, I'll do another show where I kind of just comment on the rumors and kind of give you my two cents on how I think things could realistically play out. But I wanted you to hear that Matt McChesney clip, but I also wanted to remind you that UConn, there was a same exact kind of report being put out this summer as it pertains to UConn staff. So take that with a grain of salt, but then also understand from my vantage point, I do think that it's only a matter of time before Oregon State and Washington State get a Power Five invite. Okay, let's keep the show moving. Linear coverage for week five. We are now officially in conference play, not across the board, but we're there for the most part. And as the weeks continue to progress from here, it will be more and more, you know, 100% conference games on the docket. So week five coming in at number one in linear coverage is the American Conference with five linear games, including the one last night with Tulsa Temple. We have the Mountain West Conference coming in at second with four. We have the Conference USA coming in at third with three, but keep, keep in mind all three of their games were played last night and tonight. So just throwing that out there. The Sun Belt also has three and then the MAC has two so that is your linear coverage for the group of five football this week and now for the remainder of this show i want to look at week five for the american conference uh starting with this game last night with tulsa and temple o m g boy was i wrong on my prediction of temple pulling off the upset on tulsa Boy, was I wrong on saying this game would be a dogfight in one of the better games of the weekend. Quite frankly, Tulsa came into the game with the mindset and grit that I expected. Temple, on the other hand, they're just not where I thought they were. They're just not. And more specifically, in the trenches. Temple has got to figure this thing out in the trenches or it's going to be a long season. Tulsa, on the other hand, appears to have found their identity. They're gonna hit you in the mouth. They're gonna run it downhill. They've got some absolute hosses in that running back room. And then they're gonna hit you over the top. And this Cardell Williams kid, who by the way is the backup quarterback that's been playing since the third series of week one, The third stringer's gotten some reps here and there, but Cardell Williams, he's improving each week. He can hurt you with his legs. He's very efficient. Well, he's very efficient on Thursday nights for sure. He can hit that deep ball when needed. Is he a perfect quarterback? No, but he has all the skills that are needed to make this Tulsa offense go. And we saw that last night. So if Cardell Williams keeps getting more and more confident and this run game continues to improve, improve as the season plays out, I'm just telling you, man, I said it preseason that my two teams that were most likely to have a Tulane type turnaround, not saying they would, but two that could, I said were Temple and Tulsa. Temple right now, based off how they look in the trenches, they're lucky to get bowl eligible. Hopefully they change my mind. Tulsa, on the other hand, they're looking like a squad that the drubbings they took to Washington and OU appear to have prepared them for conference play. Now, am I ready to put Tulsa up there in the conversation as contenders? No, not yet. That's still reserved for Tulane, Memphis, SMU, and maybe one other team, okay? I'm not ready to put South Florida or uh, Tulsa there or, or anyone yet. Okay, okay. And, but I will say this as wrong as I was about that game, as far as on the temple side, you want to know where I was hundred percent accurate were my three keys for each team, three keys to victory for each team. I told you for temple, if they wanted to win, they were going to have to put EJ in good situations and protect him. The one series of the game where they protected him, he picked apart the, the defense took him all the way down the field, like clockwork. We didn't see that anymore. Uh, The second key to victory was stop the run. They didn't do that. And then my third key to victory was they either needed to get a big play on special teams or defensive turnover. I felt like they needed to get a special teams or a defensive touchdown. And guess what? They had a kick return for a TD. So they actually completed one of my keys to victory. And I feel like if they would have done the other two, they would have won that game. Tulsa, on the other hand, I said, what do they need to do? They need to establish the run, which they did. Then I said they need to take shots for explosive plays, which they did. And then my third one was pressure the quarterback. Apply pressure, blitz. I said it. I said, I'm running stunts. I'm running exotic blitzes. I'm doing whatever I need to do to make that O-line think, confuse them. And quite frankly, a lot of the pressure Tulsa got last night didn't even come off of pressure. It just came off of base defense. Uh, But getting after EJ Warner, which Tulsa did all three of those. And as a result, they won 48 to 26. All right, moving along. So tomorrow in the 11 a.m. Slate on ESPN two, we've got Tulane and UAB. I think UAB covers, but I think Tulane wins comfortably Tulane and Michael Pratt. If Michael Pratt just stays healthy, I think this is the team to beat in the American conference god I'm so mad they didn't have him for Ole Miss I just I can't come off of that because even with their backup Kai what's his name they were in control of 75 percent of that game they controlled the game through the first half they controlled the game through most of the third quarter and then things started to unravel and if not for a just I mean the the 50 plus yard field goal i mean there were other opportunities they had and just the, the ball didn't go their way and i'm convinced if they would have had michael pratt in that game they would have beat old miss they're still a top 20 team they're a top 20 team right now maybe higher uh, and they're cooking but unfortunately the three and one um but they got the quarterback back and they're rolling I think they roll, they roll wave against UAB, but I'd like to think we see the same grit and same fight we saw out of UAB a week ago at Georgia, and they at least cover the twenty one and a half point spread. Then in the two thirty slate on CBS Sports Network, we've got USF Navy. This was my pick to go over this week. The fact that I picked this game to go over probably means it's gonna be seventeen to seven now. (laughs) cuz that's just how it goes. I do like USF to win. Navy's just a team you don't want to overlook. I think their offense per the usual will will give the the USF defense a totally different look. You have one week to prepare for it. You know, we've seen a lot of grit, we've seen a lot of of relentlessness, we've seen a lot of aggressiveness out of this South Florida defense here lately. But again, when you're playing against this offense, this triple option, a lot of times it gets your defense thinking too much and watching too much because the keys that you're used to reading are doing different things than what you're used to them doing week to week. And so sometimes that can cause a defense fits, but we'll see how they respond to that. I think the USF offense continues to roll. I, I like what Byron Brown, I've said it already this week. He's continuing to approve week in, week out. Um, Navy's a three-point favorite though. Um, that does concern me. You know, unfortunately, if this is a 17-7 game, that likely means that that would that would favor Navy, <laughs> but ah, man, I think it's going to go over. I think it's going to be more like that Army-UTSA game, like I said earlier this week, or, or the Memphis-Navy game earlier this season. Um, don't want to overlook Navy, but I think USF is just fine. Then we move to the three o'clock slate. And of course, these times are central time that I'm giving you on ESPN2. This is my game of the week. The Mountain West AAC showdown between Boise State and Memphis. I've got Memphis winning this, okay? Um, I think offensively, they're, they're gonna be fine they the the boise's defense is not any better than what they just saw i think the blake watson show continues to roll i don't see them having any problems putting points on the board I think it's going to be a competitive game. I'm not sitting here saying their offense is just going to come out and drop 50 on them, but I think the offense is going to be able to get in rhythm. They're going to be able to put points up. Blake Watson's going to do his thing, and you know Hennigan's going to, going to, going to be who he is, and, and that'll be enough against Boise State. Now, here's my concern, though, for Memphis in this game. Where Boise is tough, Memphis is weak. So it's a tough matchup for Memphis defensively because Boise State's gonna run the ball downhill, okay? They're gonna line up H-backs. They're gonna have double tight ends. They're gonna have guys pulling across the formation, linemen pulling, running that read option. I mean, very similar, honestly, to what Navy does schematically, just out of the pistol and the spread. So what I believe Memphis has to do defensively is make, Quarterback Taylon Green, Boise's quarterback, beat them with his arm. He's not a very accurate passer, or he hasn't been to this point in the season. And I'm not, he's not, I mean, he's not Mike Vick or Lamar Jackson, but he can, you know, make you pay with his legs. He is a threat. And they do run some option, but man, this ginty kid that Boise has at running back, he's been balling. He went off for San Diego State last week. And they have a really good run scheme. They just flat out do. And I'm curious to see how Memphis stacks up against this running game, this rushing attack that Boise State has. I think if if Memphis were to get upset at home, it'll be because they could not stop the run. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Memphis gets this win, uh, but it won't be easy. Boise State—they they've got a good squad. They've got a couple wins here in a row now. They're starting to get some confidence. And um, they're finding their identity in that run game. Like I said, Taylor Green is a big, long quarterback. Uh he'll he'll he's a threat with his legs. He's he's not the most accurate passer, though. I'm not saying he can't throw. I'm just saying he's not the most accurate. So, so defensively, I'm looking to make this guy beat me with his arm. Uh, keeping it rolling, uh Next two are streaming games on ESPN+. We've got ECU at Rice. Rice is favored three. I've picked Rice in this game. I, I like him to cover the spread, and that was contingent on JT Daniels playing. It sounds like JT Daniels will be playing. Uh, I just don't know that ECU's pass defense can will have an answer for Rice's pass offense. Um, now, if they can get pressure on JT Daniels, He is a little banged up. That could impact things. I don't know that ECU has an answer for Luke McCaffrey. I don't know that ECU has really found their offensive identity yet. You know, from who the quarterback is, what type of team are they? Can they move the ball against quality competition, conference competition? We saw some sparks against App State, but ECU had had a defensive touchdown. I think two defensive touchdowns in that game. So I think if Rice just, takes care of the ball offensively, doesn't turn it over and they be who they are. I don't see any reason why they don't win this game and cover, but ECU got their first win. They're in the mindset that it's a new season, conference play starting. Who knows? We may see a, an offensive effort, an offensive output that we haven't seen all season and that front seven holds strong and who knows? That would be their chance at pulling off an upset. Uh then in the 6 p.m. slot we got UNT and ACU. Uh, North Texas coming off their bye week. I expect them to roll in this game. I expect the Chandler Rogers, the Chandler Rogers show to continue. Um, they got the big win against Louisiana Tech, broke the ice. Um, Chandler Rogers went off. They certainly found their quarterback. Let's see what the defense looks like against what I think is lesser competition. I don't know much about ACU. I know historically they're they're usually pretty good, but they they shouldn't be able to hang with North Texas, I don't think. Uh, I know for UNT, a win this weekend would be huge for them because if you look at how they open up conference play, I think they've got Navy and Temple. Those are two winnable games for UNT. So if you can roll into conference play with a two-game winning streak and then find a way to rattle off winning your first two conference games and now you got a four game win streak like that's the kind of momentum you need going into the next slate of the schedule when you've got Tulane Memphis UTSA and I think SMU maybe all back to back to back to back but mainly that Tulane Memphis back to back that would be huge for North Texas to be riding a four game winning streak two game winning streak in conference but one week at a time take care of business against acu let's see some improvement out of the defense particularly the front seven let's get chandler rogers's confidence continuing to roll let's get that offense continuing to find its rhythm and let's go from there and then finally closing out the weekend of games for the american conference we've got charlotte at smu smu should roll in this game charlotte's a team though they've shown they're not going to go away Like, they're going to keep fighting. But like I said earlier, early in the week, like, I don't know yet that they've even found who they are offensively. I think who they look like and who Poji wants them to be are kind of two different things. I think what Poji would like for them to be is a downhill, hit you in the mouth, establish the run type of team. But it seems like what their personnel best lends itself to is being more of a spread you out, run some spread option type of team. I could be wrong on that, but um, I think SMU, man, like hopefully that TCU debacle was a wake up call of, oh yeah, we still got to show up and play these games. Because I feel like they should have, I don't want to beat the dead horse. I feel like they should have beat TCU, but TCU manhandled them. Hopefully that was a wake-up call for SMU coming into conference play. SMU should roll. SMU should cover. Now, like I said, Charlotte's kind of a pesky team. Uh, you know, they're, they're, SMU's a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. Charlotte's a pesky team. They're not going to go away. They're not going to make it easy. Uh, but we'll see, you know, the, what SMU team's going to show up. Is it the SMU team that has shown up, you know, against... Uh, uh OU and showed up against you know particular in the first half against Louisiana Tech or is it going to be the SMU that showed up against TCU time will tell but that's our weekend slate hope you all enjoy some Saturday football hope you enjoyed this episode I will see you all Monday unless of course something is warranted for an emergency pod over the weekend oh the last thing I'll say before I I forget um army there was an update on army It wasn't really an update, though. It was just an update that was essentially the same as last time, which is they're still trying to cross the T's and dot the I's. Um, I told you weeks ago what the hiccups were. And so I think it's inevitable Army joins the American, but like it's going to take them some time to work out these these kinks that they have to work out, particularly centered around the Army-Navy game and uh, the current media deal that game has. You know, branding, conference branding, all that type of stuff. So, anyways, that's it for today. See you Monday, unless we have an emergency situation over the weekend. Enjoy your football tomorrow. Have a great weekend. That's it for me. Trey Smith, college game time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are The Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.